0: Come. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's
1: great to have you.
0: Great. I'm so happy. This is some, an amazing opportunity to, yeah, to meet you and to share with you
1: yeah. all this. So I would like maybe uh, give you some time to introduce yourself and explain a bit of your background.
0: Yes. Okay. My name is Jorge Contreras. I'm originally from Colombia. Um, I'm, uh, by education, I have, I'm an electronics engineer and I have um, a specialization in management. Uh, back in Colombia uh, I have so much years experience working in telecommunications in sales and marketing and but also in, in management in some companies and I had a beautiful opportunity also to join part of the government in Colombia in uh, 2012 uh, to 2016-17. Um, and then I came to Denmark to study a, a program, a master program that is the only place in the world that they have this program. It's called technoanthropology in Aalborg University. So I'm, I have a master uh, degree in technoanthropology. Uh, yeah. What,
1: what What brought you then to want to study specifically technoanthropology?
0: Yeah, it was a very. Um, interesting uh, analysis or uh, research because I was as I mentioned I was working in the government and I was uh, working in public policies uh, in uh, procurement and I was also working in a digital government or e-government and we were investing a lot of money in our country to how to connect the the national plan for going in a better way to fulfill the requirements from the OCDE and understanding the real situation of Colombia. And we were having expectations and reality. And then the expectations were different in comparison with the reality and there was nobody trying to fill these gaps. So we were investing money and the money were not getting the impact that we were dreaming. Uh, and every time we change government, because we, we change government every four, four years, mm-hmm. then the gap between the first decision and the second decision, when the, the second government comes, creates a bigger gap, a bigger distance between the expectations and the reality. So I was curious how to bridge these gaps, how to understand the position from the technology and from the needs of the regulations, if you want to be part of the OCD compa- uh, countries, you need to fulfill some requirements, some, some minimal, minimum requirements to be part of this uh, organization. But Colombia was far. So, to bridge this, we need to do something. And there was nobody working on this. Uh, I was asking many people in the academia, in the private sectors, and there was nobody talking about this. And I started to, to search possibilities to. To understand how can we bridge this, how can we do this professionally. Then I I was finding op- options and I found the concept of techno anthropology. M- initially in Mexico, then my friends from Mexico told me no no you can go to Europe and maybe it's coming from there and so I contacted people from Spain. It was easy because of the language and they told me if you want to know more about the, 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 the roots of techno-anthropology is Denmark and then I found the university I applied for for the position at the university or the position but the the, the spot in the in the program and then I decided to come to Denmark to study
1: Now, can you explain and define techno-anthropology
0: yeah so exactly what, what you were saying so we have two corners the corner, or the, the corner of, of the technology and the corner of the users. But sometimes we have another corner that is connected with the experts. So we have experts or technical experts that are very well informed or, or they know how the technology works, but they are not necessarily aligned with the, the, the user's perspectives. And sometimes there are tensions and misunderstandings between the users and the experts. And sometimes the users don't have a clear understanding how the technology is creating some rules, artifacts, procedures or structures that mediates the relation between this technology and the users. So sometimes these artifacts are very difficult to understand. For example, a regulation, that is an artifact, a concrete artifact. Regulations how to implement in a country the iPads for kids at schools. So the technology is access to computers and iPads for kids and the artifact is the rule that they are creating to enable these technologies in schools. But who are the experts here? Teachers, the people from the government who created the artifact, the people who created the technology, or the kids. Who are the experts? Mm -hmm. Technoanthropology addresses these tensions and these misunderstandings because nobody is mediating these relations. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the relation or the, the mediation is in the experts' side. Then you hire a consultant's firm to do that. And they are experts. They tell you where is the problem, why this is the problem, but they don't necessarily explain how to do it with your own context. And that's what we do and understand in understanding technology. How to understand the context, how to understand the real situation that is explaining the concrete relation between the technology the users and the experts in this setting. That is why technoanthropology in Colombia needs to be treated differently because the context is different. If you have company from the, from the industry one, healthcare, and company from the industry two, energy, maybe the experts can be the same. Maybe the technology is the same but the context is different, the users uh, are different, the case, the use cases are different. If you don't understand that and mediate and facilitate the understanding of these two different uh, industries, then you are creating, we call oppression or uh, something that is not enabling the technology in this industry. If I am a leader
1: either in government, yes. proposing policy, mm. or in the private enterprise, bringing new products to market, how do I get started
0: with Oh my God, God that's a very technology? interesting question. The, the best idea is to hire a technotropologist. <laughs> there you are, Okay, <laughs> You can hire a but but the idea is to be open that you need to find groups, inter, create interdisciplinary groups without boundaries. We call ourselves ourselves boundary spanners because we can transit between domains without having a boundary that uh, deten- uh, stop us. So we need to find best ways to understand that the interdisciplinarity and transdisciplinarity can give a lot of insights when we are taking decisions. And uh, to open the, the door to this kind of uh, the, the exercises, it's very rich and very, very uh, relevant this nowadays because it's. I think is I've noticed that in the last years, living in Denmark, that every time people open the window or the door for interdisciplinarity and holistic approaches, always it gives a lot of good, good, good results. Mm-hmm. They they are surprised most of the time. They are surprised because what? it's incredible what they can get.
2: what is it important to be aware of to get the best out of complexity cultural differences diversity
0: what I was learning from the discipline is is that I was not aware of of anthropology before or social science I was engineer and I was working in very structured way and and in Colombia, you know that Latin America, Latino culture, they are more flexible on some things, um, and they are more living with the seasons. Can I can say maybe uh, in Denmark, you and in Europe in general also they are you are more structured and you are more you plan ahead. Many, many, you prefer to plan ahead with with good uh, with good time. Uh, I can say that people, if you have a meeting here, you can plan the meeting two two months ahead. You say, okay, maybe we can meet in week 40. And that's very, very important. I was, I was surprised at the beginning because I was not ready to prepare myself mm-hmm. in advance that much. That's interesting. I was, I was um, uh, uh, what is this word, Is um, improvising
2: mm-hmm. Yes. I was
0: ready to improvise. Yes. And that's something that you, you, you have. Like, it's, that's an advantage sometimes. But when you are trying to redefine, transform, adapt a new way of thinking, you cannot improvise. Mm-hmm. You need to take all these elements for uh, structuring, planning, understanding, translating, interpreting. It requires time and requires uh, uh, rigorosity. That's what I learned here.
2: Figurosity. what did it, what did you need mentally inside yourself to cope with that it sounds like quite a cognitive challenge it or was mental a mental challenge it was a
0: huge challenge yes. especially because i bring my family to, to denmark and so in the in the normal time at the university i was trying to shape my way in that way and then when i reached home again it was again the the previous uh, mindset so it was a big challenge. and You swapped yeah.
2: between mindsets?
0: Yes, exactly. It was very difficult. But, and sometimes it was difficult also for my family trying to understand because they, they didn't know where to go with me. They were like, what is happening? You, are you changing as a father, as a husband? Yes. Your mindset, everything. So why are you so structured now and you were improvising the past? What is happening? And I noticed that my whole family it is also changing. And adapting, uh, we are resilient now because because now we are pushed into this field, in this way of thinking and this way of uh, a structure way.
2: What if you should say some words about your personal strengths? What made that big transition possible?
0: I have two big motivations. Maybe, maybe I can I can tell you about my frustration in Colombia, seeing how we waste the money every single week, every single month, every single government. Most of the money goes nowhere. So they spend, they execute the the budgets, but we lost our money. And we see that the progress of Colombia, we are growing and we are changing a lot. If we compare Colombia 50 years ago and now Colombia is outside the poor countries now we are on developing countries and we are in the ocd many things things are changing so it's positive the change but still i evidenced and i I was i witnessed that we are wasting money and i was i didn't have tools to help and i was very worried about the future and i had i have family i have kids and i was saying why, why, when I was in the government, I was not able to change anything. I noticed, I was I I, I was witnessing everything and I was frustrated because I wasn't, I didn't have the power to change anything. I say, how can I change this? How can I contribute a little with this something? Yes. And I, I tried to come to, to Denmark to be trained, to understand and go back and do something. And then... Two years ago, I decided not to go back to Colombia because? because there was no reason to go back to Colombia because it still is not going to change because I'm going to have more access to network, not power, but network, knowledge and ideas how to and persuade maybe also motivation. and motivation and motivation to engage more people in our things and then the people can do that and I can help from here. I can be more useful for Colombia being here than being there because there I'm going to be maybe in the politician's uh, environment or with power, with money, with but I don't like that. I understood that this is not about money, it's about transformation and if you want to transform transform a society, you need to work with the technology, we need to work with the culture, you need to work with the education and the values. It's, it's also beautiful to say, the network of techno anthropologists is now is connected with between Mexico, Colombia, eh, Spain, and and Denmark. Now the network is working. People from different countries working with the same alignment of methods, theories, and everything. So they are collaborating. In the university, I've managed to 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 engage the students in in this trend of being technoanthropologist, but conscious technoanthropologist, and they grant me with uh, the, the students, not the university. The students granted me with the Teacher of the Year at Aalborg University. So that's also a big prize for me because it were the students who were uh, recognizing this. Then I was hiring this company in Denmark and, um, and the way they are now adopting many of the things of, technotrop- because I'm not the only anthropologist in this company. We are four now, ah. and they are recognizing... Were the you were the first one? Oh. No, no. I, I, there were two more before yeah. b- okay. before me. Then one of my students were hire, was hired by the company, when I was giving the, the lecture with, together with them, in this company, so they hired one of my students from the second semester of Technopology, just the second semester, and mm-hmm. they hired her. Mm-hmm. And then we start to com- g- talking about possibilities, and they hired me also. And now in the company, now we are creating spaces, for example, together with the people outside the boxes, outside the structure, the departments. We created one initiative to connect the people with the values and the strategy of the company. And that's mediated. It was mediated through a a technologist. Nobody was doing that. And now I'm trying to connect this and it's working in the company. Now we are creating new spaces and the administration is happy and the people are happy and we are creating opportunities like this.
1: Berit, what did you notice about Jorge?
2: Taking an... I wrote here on my note, taking an impressive responsibility built on critical analysis regarding di, 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 the need for even developing and saving the planet, I would say. It sounds like it has this big, big, big perspective. And it's just amazing to watch the combination of passion and logic, knowledge and ambition in kind of a big box. And when this is mixed like that, it becomes very per- persuasive. If he needs hands and legs to do the job, I think it's a matter of time. He's, he is already reaching out and he is communicative. It's a matter of time with all this power and this knowledge and argumentation. That is kind of the key impression I got from him. Um, then I also noticed the very interesting topic he has chosen, uh, trying to find the common denominators in knowledge areas, in, in, in business cultures, in systems that are not connected. They have they might have some common goals, but they are disconnected somehow. And then he has the courage and the, and the knowledge to put himself in the center of this facilitator's role, because if it is not facilitated, it's waste. Um, so the, my kind of conclusion is passion overview, big picture, sense for the needed processes. Mm-hmm. That is uh, what comes across to me. And, and for me,
1: I'm seeing taking risk, you yes. know, leaving everything behind, bringing family, Huge. changing everything to find the right place. Yeah. And then, breaking silos, you know, something that a lot yeah. of businesses talk about. Yeah. But but how do we do it? Yeah, he and here is doing it with maybe something that's even harder than, let's say, a company's department, which is the academic disciplines and breaking them and, and pulling from uh, it's both breaking the silos but at the same time being able to draw upon all the knowledge and wisdom from various disciplines.
2: Exactly and that I think is the huge strength in him. It is a strong knowledge, mm. uh, a strong work, ambition and then he, he knew he had to get something different in order to make it happen because he saw that nothing happened and it frustrated him so much then he found out what kind of tools could mitigate these silos and he was re- being an engineer I guess with a fairly logical mindset he accepted to be the mediator of processes between humans between human brains and that is what is needed to get things moving, moving. respect respect music